Yes, at the beginning of each sermon, the preacher just has to ask for mercy and help because somehow the words I'm going to say out loud has to get transformed or transmuted into something that is actually going to be not just helpful to you, but even spiritual, transformational. So we'll see how it goes. So if it doesn't sound good to you, you can blame it on God. That's my, how I do it. <laughs> That's how I work. I had to smile at the end of that Bible reading, the last one we did from the Gospel of John, because it ends with that really famous line, which even song lyrics are made of, well, they'll know you're Christians uh, by how well you love each other. You'll know my, you're my disciples by how well you love each other. <laughs> and it was a, a command, but he said, this is, if there's one thing I'm telling you to do, it has to be love. I had to smile because... There are lots of visitors here as part of the baptisms that are happening. Uh, I'm going to mess up the name. Amalia. Amalie. Amalie. Yeah, I'm probably going to mess it up again. But Amalie and Justine are getting baptized. So there are lots of visitors here today to support them. Uh, wouldn't, it be, wouldn't it be great if when they, the visitors left the church today and they supported the families, that they said, well... I'm not sure I really like the music that much because one was kind of rock and roll and one was kind of chant plain song and one was kind of traditional hymn. And the sermon was kind of long and way, kind of wobbly in some places. And I'm not sure I went for all the uh, communion stuff. But gosh darn it, those people really love each other. Wouldn't that be cool? Might, done deal, right? <laughs> we, might, we can mess everything up. <laughs> we can screw up the whole thing just as long as we don't screw up the love part, then you're, you're good to go. So when these two kids are baptized today, we're baptizing them into the path, the way, and the, the great transformation that has to happen for them if they are going to become loving people. If Jesus said the most important thing is that you love each other, well, these young children who are infants or very young, they're going to have to find the power and the ability to love. The first, the very first empowerment they're going to have is going to come from you guys who are the parents and the godparents and the family. The youngest one clearly is going to come from mom first. Mom's going to be connected to the infant. And then dad will get in the picture <laughs> at some point. Sorry, Brandon, you're down the road of peace. <laughs> and then... The rest of the family will join in as the kids grow older because that child is going to get its primary identity from the parents to begin with. That's the first identity. They have no idea who they are yet. When you love them, when you are present for them, you give them security and safety and consistency as best you can. And no parents are perfect. You don't have to be perfect. None of that. We had that discussion last week, I think, among the parents. That there's a thousand ways of being a parent, right? And everyone's going to give you their advice. And it's going to be, oh, half of it will be contradictory. But you're going to do the best you can. And the best you ha can is going to be good enough. Because if you're just present and consistent as you can be and you show them love and attention, well, that's their first identity. They know that they are loved because the parents love them. Then, with that foundation, they will go on to love other people. 
the love. They don't know anything yet. You give them love. Well, they say, well, now I can love from there. Or they won't say that, but they'll be empowered to love from there. Their first sense of self-esteem, self-identity, and self-awareness will come from you guys. You are essentially the primary disciplers and teachers of this young being that's in your arms. And from that point on, you give them their first identity. You give them their first empowerment. They will love as you love them. And now, later on in life, and I don't know when, but it's going to come, the, the identity you have created with them to begin with and for them and helping them to find who they are in the world, that egoic identity, the one that says, I'm gay or straight or I'm black or white or I'm a student or I'm an athlete or all the other things that come up with making an identity. That thing that they're going to develop, which you're starting to do now, which is going to give them the ability to love for a while, I have bad news for you. The bad news is this. Their identity is going to fall apart. <laughs> because you cannot maintain that ego because it, it gets their slings and arrows of outrageous fortune and they're going to take dings out of that ego and they're, they're going to betray their own sense of who they are at some point and they're going to feel guilty about that. The poor ego, after a while, you keep trying to fix it and trying to encourage it and trying to maintain it and trying to defend it and trying to be it. And it gets exhausting and at some point they're going to go, man, this is so hard. Who am I? That's the, that's the bad news. It's also the good news. Once that external identity begins to get a little thin, it's the beginning, truly the beginning of their spiritual journey in a real intentional way. They're going to ask, who am I? And if they keep going with that question, they're going to get the answer. You are not just this flesh and blood. You are from God. <laughs> you are from a higher place. You are from the spiritual dimension. You are made in the image of God. You are the child of God. You are from above. That's the identity that will feed them for the, maybe the second half of their life. And when they rest in the gaze of God, not just your gaze, not just your presence, when they can rest in the presence of God who accepts them and loves them and they do not have to defend themselves, they are completely accepted from the highest power, from the divine love, that gives them the ability now to become extraordinary lovers. They begin at the egoic level because you're going to help them. They're going to be transformed when that ego fades and gets a little wobbly and they'll take on a spiritual identity in God or in Christ and they'll know that they're in God and God is in them. Now they can love in a huge way because there's nothing left to defend. There's nothing left to protect you're so secure, you're so at ease in this world because you're connected to the one source. From this place, love just flows. My, my egoic love is pretty conditional. If you like me, I like you. You don't like me, I'm not so sure about you either. 
Jesus didn't say to love like that. He didn't say, love the people who love you. He said, they'll know your community of my disciples if you have love for one another. That higher love, that deeper love, that, that more powerful love, the less conditional love, it comes from a transformation from, just like the front of our bulletin says, from ego to spirit. When you shift identities, that you, the first one you got from your parents, the second one everyone has to discover within them from God, that'll make you an extraordinary human being. Unbelievable. You'll be a crazy combination of human and divine, divine and human, spirit and matter, matter and spirit. That's how when we say these promises in the baptismal liturgy, which the kids aren't going to get right now, says, will you love others in the power of the spirit? Okay. Will you live in the power of the resurrection? Will you be able to see Christ in all persons? None of those things can really happen until the second identity comes. First identity you're going to give them, and you're going to love them to pieces. That's just what we do in our youth group and our children's ministry. We try to give them an identity that says they're okay, and the world is okay, and it's a safe place, and you're all right. And then when they get to be adults and they're, they're ripe and they're ready and their ego has gotten a little wobbly and life isn't really that easy anymore, now is when the seed cracks open and the new identity, who they are in God, who they are in Christ, who we are in the Spirit, now it gets born. This is what it means to be born again. Forget all that thing about being born again means going to church and going to heaven when you die. That's not the point. When you get born again, you have a new identity, who you are in God, who you are in Christ. Ah, that's the place of great power, great transformation. So you have the first life, which you guys are starting right now. Build them a strong ego. Build them a strong ego. You know, tell them they're the most special kid in the world, even though every kid is special. <laughs> Find out the things they're good at. Oh, you're so good at this. I've never seen better scribble in my whole life. This is, you drool like nobody else. You scream like, are you going to be a singer? I think you could be. Whatever it is, you will build them up. Later on, when they have a strong sense of their self, that will begin to be hmm, transformed. It will have to shift. And they'll know that who they are in God and God's love, that will really transform them. And now they can rest secure. They can just rest. That's what the mystics use the most term. They said, now they are resting in God. They know who they are in Christ. They sense God within themselves. They sense God around them. That is a death and a resurrection. That is a transformation. That's the big picture. So, thanks for bringing your kids to church. Oh, by the way, we talked about this in our little informal baptismal session before last week. Just two things I'll share with you from the congregation. They need to know this too. No one is getting baptized here in order to get them into heaven because they're sinful. Please, stop that terrible theology. When you say, well, they're just original sinners and we need to get them cleaned up before God's going to like them. God is not going to like your children any more than he does right now. And me splashing water on their heads is not going to help. Right? And here's the second piece. You can't let your children grow up without any place to grow up. 
If you say, well, kids, I know you're in third grade now, and now it's up to you to decide when you're an adult whether you're going to be a, a Christian or not. You can think about God when you get older, and it's up to you to figure it out. That's like taking a handful of seeds, as we told you guys, that you want to grow, and you go throw them out on the highway. And you say, figure it out, I hope it works for you. It'll never happen. Let them be nurtured in a, this nice little flower pot of St. Andrew's with some good soil, and we'll, we'll water it, and we'll tend it, and we'll let the roots grow down. Sooner or later, they will outgrow the pot. That's not the problem. The problem is, if you don't get them started, give them a place to root, they'll never get growing. So, start here. Give them a pot to grow in. Start with the Episcopal Church. It's a great church. Start with the Christian faith. It's a great faith. If they want to become Buddhists later, if they want to become Hindus later, if they want to become atheists later, knock yourself out. But give them a place to start. <laughs> give them some roots. Don't just throw them out there and say, well, figure it out. When you get to be an adult, you'll start reading some books or something. Hmm, not, not all that helpful. <laughs> so, we're going to have our baptism right now. Thank you all for nurturing your kids in the first development of their identity. Just tell them they are loved and loved and loved. Later on, they'll have a higher and deeper identity. They are loved not just by you, but they are loved by God. And they'll know that from the inside out.